Daniel chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. Nebuchadnezzar was having dreams. He was having some bad dreams and they were troubling. So what he does is he calls in the magicians and the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans. He calls in the wrong people. And that's exactly what we do. We always go to the wrong people when we have some problems we need answered. He calls in the magicians. Now, a magician, they were obviously they practiced magic, not like a not necessarily a slide of hand, but they really believed that they were talking to demons and getting demons to do all and they were casting spells or people that practice magic. They say, Well, there's black magic and then there's white magic. There's bad magic and there's good magic. Now I'm here to tell you because I was in the occult before I got saved. All magic is evil. And all magic is relying on satanic forces. Yeah. I know I mess with that stuff. So don't come talk to me. Well, there's, there's good magic. There's white magic. All magic is evil. Amen. And then you had here that he also, he went to the astrologers. Now, astrologers are those that pretend to tell the future by looking at the stars. Uh, they do that today. You go open up a modern day newspaper and it's called a horoscope. And I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, don't mess with that junk called a horoscope. It's all just a bunch of junk. Y'all know better than that. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit I know has been speaking to your heart if you're reading that junk. Not to be listening to that junk. Listen, this is what I would love to do. If I get a hold of a newspaper, I mean like New York Times or Chicago Tribune, some big newspaper, I'd like to get a hold of their horoscope section and just get infiltrated and then put on there for like Pisces or whatever day of the month it is, whatever it is you do, and just put on there, you're going to die. Have a nice day. I know y'all laughing at me. You say, wait, that crazy nut and everything. Hey, you know how right I'd be for so many people? I mean, I'd be a whole lot more right than the other junk they put in there. That'd be a whole lot more prophecy. You know how many Pisces or whatever month? How many they're, they're going to die today around the world? Man, I'd be almost a prophet. But nobody wants to hear that, Amen. Don't listen to that junk, please, guys. You know the Holy Spirit. Go to your Bible. Read your Bible every day. Don't read that horoscope. That's just a bunch of devilish junk. Sorcerers. Those are to pretend to communicate with the dead at that time. And the Chaldeans he's trying to talk to, they were a sect of philosophers that tried to study science. And that's where they grouped Daniel and his friends. Uh, They grouped Daniel and his friends. They grouped them in there with the Chaldeans. So he goes and he asks this group, uh, he wants to know what they, look at verse 3 and we'll just read it. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. I don't know about y'all, but I dream a lot. I dream a whole, 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 whole lot. As a matter of fact, I don't know if it's because I was preaching this message. I dreamed almost all night. It seems like I dreamed all night long. And science will tell you the dreams only, only last so long. You're not dreaming. Oh, it seems like my dreams last forever. I don't know about y'all, but my dreams, nine times out of ten, I have to wake up and repent of them. I can't ever dream something. <laughs> I dream bad stuff, man. I dream big, big, just bad stuff. I wake up and I'm like, Lord, please forgive me of dreaming that. And if you know anything about dreams, you wake up from a dream, and a lot of times, if your dreams like my dreams, they're weird. <laughs> I mean, it's not something set forth that's real simple to understand. You wake up and you're like, why was that spider gnawing on my head? Or why was I in the middle of work in my underwear? Y'all had dreams like that, you know? You wake, you, you dream, you go to school in your underwear, and you look down, oh, I forgot to put on my clothes, you know. And everybody wants to know, what does my dreams mean? And if you go, used to, I, I remember going on and trying to find out what my dream meant because I kept dreaming I was in my underwear. And I remember 
going and looking it up in a book or something like you'd find at a bookstore that said, if you're dreaming you're in your underwear, it's because you don't want people to know the real you. You're trying to hide the real you, you know. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. So I decided when I was getting a sermon together, I said, well, I'm going to Google up what that dream means. So I Google up, you know, I dreamed I was in my underwear. You know how you do Google? And it pulled up, and there were 10 different interpretations. What scared me was eight out of those 10 were talking about you wanting your real sexuality to come forth. <laughs> I'm like, man, how things have changed in 20 years. It used to be, don't we want people to know the real you? Like a, but now it's all about sex, sex, sex. I'm here to tell you, they don't know what your dream means. And a lot of times, you don't know what your dream means, amen? amen. But there's times you dream something, you wake up, and you're like, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. I'm working at, you know, something's happened at work, and you're working something out in your mind. In your dreams of how you're going to do something at work, you know. Those are the worst kind of dreams. They don't pay me to work in my dreams. I hate those kind of dreams. I don't get paid to do that. I don't want to dream about work, you know. But he was troubled and I have dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Verse 4. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syria, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants a dream and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Woo-hoo. No pressure there or anything. He says, you know what? I don't remember my dream. As a matter of fact, if you're, if you're who you say you are, you tell me what I dreamed and what it meant. And if you can't, I'm just going to cut you in pieces. Make your house a dung hill. But if you show the dream, verse 6, and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. And the king answered and said, I know of a certainty that ye would, ye, would gain the time because you see the thing is gone from me. He basically said to them, I know how you work. And what you're going to do is you're going to tell me, what, you're going to make up something, tell me this is what I dreamed, then you're going to give me interpretation of something. You're not going to tell me the truth because things has gone from me, and you're going to gain the time. And that's exactly how these fakers are going to do, y'all guys. These fakers are going to do that. You ever heard about dreams when you, they say if you dream a dream of falling, and if you, if you don't wake up before you hit the ground, that you'll die. You ever heard that? Well, that's a lie. I've heard people saying, man, I dreamed and I hit the ground in my dream, and boy, it hurt. You know? <laughs> but God can talk to you through dreams sometimes. Not every time. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. And, and this is maybe a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but sometimes God can work through dreams on you. Me and Joker knew a guy, a kid uh, named Larry Sullivan. Me and Larry were really, really good friends. And I dreamed this dream that I was up on top of a garage. And in my dream, I was up on top of a garage and I got shot in the belly. And I fell down off that garage. And I woke up from that dream when I was about 14 years old. And I was scared out of my wits. It bothered me so bad. It just troubled me. That dream troubled me so bad. And it was just a few days later, a few days later, that I was talking to my friend Larry Sullivan on the phone. And he moved his brother's shotgun and it blew his guts out. You don't think that dream didn't come to my mind? I'm not saying you're going to have something like that happen to you, but God can work in mysterious ways. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for you have prepared, prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I, will sh- I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. He said, you know what? You, I know you, and you prepared lying and corrupt words for me. Now, guys, this king knows these guys. You should know those fakers you see on TV. If you meditate on them for just a couple of minutes, you can figure out they're all fakers. I'll give you an example. How many fortune tellers and psychics do you know that have won the lottery? If you think you could tell the future, you don't think you could win the lottery with that future? Unless you're a faker and a liar, 
There's one of the biggest faker liars named Sylvia Brown. She'd go on the Montel Williams show and she's out of all these books. Oh, she's a big wig. And she went on Montel Williams show and there was a mother. Like, like we're here on Mother's Day. She was a mother on Montel Williams and they asked her, what do you know about my daughter? She's been missing for all these years. And that lady, that liar, she told her mom, she goes, your daughter has already passed on and went to heaven. And she says, I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. And that woman on Montel Williams, that mother started weeping. About nine years later, they found that girl in Cleveland named Amanda Berry. Y'all might have heard about it. That guy had those three girls and they escaped out of the house in Cleveland. That was one of the girls. She was alive. She wasn't dead. She wasn't going, I love you, mommy, as she went on to heaven. She was being tortured and raped still all those years later. So what did this faker say when they confronted Sylvia Brown about this? You know what she said? Only God is right all the time. Yeah, you liar. That's the only truth you've said in 30-something years. And you don't believe it. Or you would shut your mouth and not be saying stuff like that. You're just making money off the suckers. And I'm here to tell you this morning, don't be a sucker. Don't be a sucker. Don't fall into that. It's just making money off of you. Don't be a sucker. Verse 10, the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requires, and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause, the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. See, Daniel and his fellows, they're all part of those Chaldeans, so all of them are going to be killed because the king's mad at them. He's fed up with them. He knows they're liars and they're corrupt. Amen. That's what he knows. So that's why he's going to do that. And here they go. Verse 14. Now, let's get into Daniel. Then Daniel answered with, answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Why was, it, why was it so hasty? Because they made the king mad. Well, just tell us, king, and we'll give you interpretation. No, you're a bunch of liars, and I'm going to cut you in pieces. You tell me the dream, then I'll let you interpret it for me. And he knew they were liars, and he, the more they talked to him, the madder he got. And that's why it was so hasty. Verse 16, then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time. He said, king, give me time, and that he would show the king the interpretation. He said, king, you give me a little bit of time, I'll come back and I'll show you the interpretation. Then Daniel went into his house and made the thing known to Hannah. Hananiah, excuse me, Meshiel and Azariah. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions. So Daniel went into his house. He told his companions, verse 18, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Daniel goes into his friends and he does what we should do on Wednesday nights. Let's have a prayer meeting, guys. We're in trouble. He didn't say, hey, get your swords together. We're going to fight our way out of this. He didn't say, hey, let's get together. Let's have an uprising. You know what he says? It's time for us to hit our knees. We're about to die. It has nothing to do with us. And if God don't do something for us, we're going to die. Hit your knees. Let's ask God for some help. That's the first thing you should do, by the way. All right. I think y'all understand that. So let's see what happens. Verse 19. Then was a secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. A vision is something you can have with your, either you're awake or asleep. You can have a vision. A dream is something you can only have while you're asleep. But God reveals this thing in a vision to Daniel. 
what this is. He's going to reveal the vision. He's going to reveal the dream. And he's also going to reveal the interpretation that Daniel gives us. It's real interesting that I'm preaching on this in Daniel chapter 2 because there's a friend of mine named Larry, Larry Williford. Kigan knows Larry Williford. He went up there to see Larry Williford. He was in an operating room up in Abilene, Texas. They were doing some stuff on his heart. And he died three times on the operating table. That's what they said. He died three times on the operating table. They said he shouldn't have gone through, but he got through. And I went to see him at his house when he got home. And we went to see him, me and my wife, and we were talking to him. And I was hugging on him. I was so glad because he's such, I've known him since I was a little kid. And we were just loving all over him. And his wife left the room. And he goes, I need to tell you something I hadn't even told my wife. I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I was like, this is not going to be good. He goes, I need to tell you something. I hadn't even told my wife. He goes, when I was on that table, he said, I had a vision. He goes, I don't tell this to my wife because they'll think I'm crazy. I guess he thinks I'm crazy, so it don't matter. He said, I had a vision. And he said, I'm vision. He goes, I could hear people praying for me. He said, on one side, I heard these people saying, he don't deserve to live. Let him die. He don't deserve to live. Let him die. He said, and on the other side, I can hear all these prayers coming up. All these prayers for me. He said, but I could hear one specific prayer for my little grandson. Asking God to save me. Asking God to heal me up. I could hear his prayer. And he told me that while he was weeping. He got out of there and he said, the Lord's been so good to me. Friends, maybe he had a vision from the Lord. So he could see what was going on in the supernatural world. We just don't know. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. You know, I had a big problem, Brother Eubanks, with doctors. For years, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I don't take aspirin. I don't like taking any kind of medicine. You know, get away from me. I, I, not that I hate doctors. I just don't want to be part of this, the, the drug. and all. Because growing up, you know, doing drugs and stuff, I'm real funny about what I put in my body. I'm like, I don't think that's, I don't know if that's right or anything. And I really fought with this. And I'd actually talk to pra- pastor friends, preachers that I knew that were a lot older than me. I would talk to them and say, you know, I, I've got diabetes and the, the doctors want me to take this medicine. I want God to heal me up. But I, I prayed and I got, it's not, I'm not getting healed. And I'd ask them about these doctors. And I asked them, and they said, are you going to do what the Lord lays on your heart? I know why they said that. Because I don't want to be responsible for me dying because I don't take my medicine. I feel like the Lord told me one time, I was in a doctor's office. And he told me one time, I feel like he told me, I gave them that wisdom. I gave them that wisdom for you and for every one of y'all. Those doctors have that wisdom not from their own, but from God. You think about God's wisdom he's given them to be able to cut you open, to do all the stuff they do, and to sew you up. So I don't give the glory to the doctors. I give the glory to God giving them wisdom. And a real good doctor, when he's talking to you, he'll tell you the same thing. You know, it's God's wisdom that gave us this knowledge. It's nothing of our own. Because it says here, forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And they are his. They're God's. God gives it and God takes it away. Verse 21. And he changeth the times and the season. He removeth kings and he setteth up kings. That one we have in office right now, that's set up by God. You might not believe that, but he is. We should be praying for him. God set him up that way. Why would God ever do something like that? To work out his plan to bring back his son Jesus Christ to rule on the throne in Jerusalem. That's why he did that. That's just getting you that much closer to seeing Jesus Christ. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge of them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and the secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. That light, my friend, is Jesus Christ. He's dwelling there with God, part of the Trinity. Verse 23, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my Father. Guys, Daniel did what every one of us should do. Yeah, he's got his prayer answered, but he goes and thanks God for it. I got a question for you this morning. Have you had some prayers answered by God? Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you thanked him? Yes. Amen. Have you thanked him? Maybe sometimes he's not answering your prayers because he knows you won't thank him. He wants, he, wants, he wants you praying so you'll know 
Who's doing it for you and who to thank? Daniel being the man he is says, I thank thee and praise thee. Pray sometimes I say, Lord, if you'll answer this prayer, we'll give you all the honor and glory to you. I'm going to say, oh, that doctor was so good. He, he knew just what the medicine to give. I'll say, you know what, God, your wisdom and infinite wisdom you give to that man that he gives to me, it's all about you, Lord. Right. He gets the praise. He gets the glory. Oh, thou God of my fathers who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. So he's acknowledging through prayer he's got the answer. Let's see what happens. Verse 24. Therefore Daniel went in unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went in and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto thee the king the interpretation. Woo-wee! He says, hey, whatever you do, he goes, don't go destroy anybody. Don't kill anybody. Bring me in. I've got the answer. We're going to get this thing rolling. Now notice, he says, don't destroy the wise men. These wise men, these magicians, these astrologers, these wicked men, these liars, these fakers, they're saved because of Daniel. They're saved by Daniel's sake. What does that say? You're saved for Jesus' sake. Amen. It ain't nothing you did. It's because Jesus Christ went in and said, hey, 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 don't kill Keegan. I've already died for him. And God says, for your sake, Lord, I'll let Keegan live. Listen, it's for Jesus' sake I'm here right now. And it's because of Daniel's sake, they're able to be, still be alive. They're about to be cut in pieces. Daniel could have went in and said, hey, I got the answer, but go ahead and kill all these fakers. And that's probably what should have happened, amen. But Daniel showed some grace and said, don't kill nobody. Then Ariok brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said unto him, he said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? And look what Daniel says in verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king hath demanded cannot, cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. Verse 28. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. Amen. And maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. I'm about to read to you stuff that's going to happen, excuse me, in the latter days. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came unto thy mind upon thy bed, what shall come to pass hereafter. And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mayest know the thoughts of thy heart. Daniel says, it's not because of me, king, it's because of the Lord. See, what Daniel does, what every one of us should do, is turn around and give the glory to God. Say, you know what? But as for me, he says, this secret is not, verse 30, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have. There ain't nothing good in Keegan. Paul says, what dwelleth in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I'm here to tell you, that's me. What dwelleth in Keegan dwelleth no good thing in my flesh. But when Jesus Christ is allowed to work out of me through the Holy Spirit, whoa, man, the fruit. But who gets the glory? Where ain't me? And Brother Eubanks, he'll tell you exactly where he gets all his strength is from God. The Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And that's what Daniel's acknowledging here. Let's see what this dream was in closing and what this dream means. Verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. Verse 32. But let's see what the image was. The image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. So he says, you've seen this image, and the head had gold, it had silver arms, it had brass like a belly and a thighs, it had iron legs all the way down, and at the very bottom, it's 
its feet. It had our toes that were mixed with iron and clay. And that's what you've seen. Verse 34. Then thou sawest till that a stone was cut without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, became like the shaft of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. He said, you've seen this image, and it had all these different precious metals in it, and at the end you saw the stone, it wasn't cut, it's just like a stone that wasn't cut by man's hands, and it came down, it smote that fillet, and it busted out, and the whole image just busted up and blew up, and the wind carried it away just like shaft. Just like dust. Whoosh. And then that stone says it became a mountain and it filled the whole earth. You say, Brother King, what does that mean? If you'll just keep reading your Bible, nine times out of ten, the Bible interprets itself. Keep, let's keep on reading and find out what it means. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. Wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven, hath he given unto thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. He said, Daniel, you're that golden head. That image, you're the, that's it. You're that. That's Babylon. Look at verse 39. And after thee shall rise another kingdom inferior to thee. The next kingdom that rose up after Nebuchadnezzar was Media Persia. The Medians and the Persians. And that was silver. And you see, notice it says it's inferior to thee. Gold is above silver, silver is above brass, brass is above iron, and there's nothing worse than iron and clay mixed together. These things are deteriorating. It's inferior. Middle of verse 39. And another kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And that third kingdom, that brass kingdom, that's Greece. That will represent Greece. These, what God has shown Nebuchadnezzar is the world empires to come. So God showed Nebuchadnezzar, these are the world empires to come. And it was Babylon, and it, which Media and Persia didn't exist. They came in and took over Babylon. And then after Babylon, Greece is going to come in and take over. And then after Greece, it's the Roman Empire, verse 40. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things. And as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And that Roman Empire is represented by those iron legs. There was an eastern division, and there was a western division. A left leg and a right leg. And that's what this represented by the Roman Empire. We know that to be true today. That's why they hate this book of Daniel. Because there's only two ways to explain it. Either A, Daniel wrote it after all this came to pass. And he wrote the book after the Roman Empire, which is what the scholars will tell you. Or B, which is what I believe, God gave it to him. Amen. It was written before. You know, there's only two. Either it's a book of lies or it's a book of truths. Yeah. This is the best stuff you're going to read. We haven't even got to Alexander the Great yet. Yeah. I'm going to preach on that eventually. I'll show you where all this means. I'm not just saying it. I'll show you that this is the Medes and Persians. I'll show you that this is Greece. I'll show you that this is Romans. I'll show you. But I'm telling you that's what that means. Are you ready? Because you're going to see what happens in this last kingdom. Verse 41, And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes part of, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. That's the last kingdom, the world of the world. That's the revised Roman Empire. That's the one y'all know as the Antichrist is going to rule over, okay? Y'all got that? That's that kingdom right there. But look at some weirdness going on here. Verse 42. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, clay in your Bible are men. 
Y'all got that, right? Y'all know that out of the Bible? You're clay. You're made out of clay. You're made out of red dirt. So the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Verse 43. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Guys, that speaks right back to Genesis chapter 6. That speaks to the fallen angels coming down and seeing the daughters of men and creating giants in the land of those times. We know in Revelation chapter 12 that the devil and the mock of the archangels, they have a fight and the devil is thrown out of heaven with all his angels and it says they go down to the earth and they know their time is short. These beings from outer space. They. You see that they in there? Mm. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Genesis 6, they did that and made giants. This is the revised Roman Empire. This is the kingdom that Antichrist is going to set up. Verse 44. And in the days of these kings, what kings? Those ten toes in Revelation chapter 17, it says there's going to be ten kings in the last time. Those ten toes are ten kings running that kingdom. Ten federated kingdom with ten kings. This world right now as we see it, there's not one king. It's United Nations and there's ten kingdoms trying to control this world. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. So in the days of these kings, these ten kings, God's going to set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. He said there's a sixth kingdom coming that God is setting up. And God's getting ready to set this kingdom up at the time of those ten kings. And when he sets up his kingdom, it'll never be destroyed. It shall stand forever, the end of verse 44. Look at verse 45. For as much as thou sawest that stone, that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. What is that stone in your Bible? That is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is that stone. He says, I'm the stone of stumbling. Peter said, he's the stone of stumbling. He says, it's the cornerstone, that precious stone that's set up for you. Jesus Christ is that stone. And it says, it's a stone cut without hands. This stone has nothing to do with man. It was a virgin birth. It was born of a virgin. It comes from God. It's a stone that's made by God. Come to set up that kingdom. It's the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's Jesus Christ sitting in the throne of Jerusalem. It's Jesus Christ ruling a kingdom. For as much as thou sawest that stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron. That's what is. That's the Roman. The brass, the Grecians, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God hath made known to the king, which shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. God is going to set up his king, Jesus Christ. On a throne in Jerusalem, and he's going to rule the world for a thousand years. The Babylonian kingdom was a real and physical kingdom. The Median Persian kingdom was a real and physical kingdom. The Romans, the Grecians, the Grecians, the Romans, they're real physical kingdom. What makes you think that God's not going to set up a real and physical kingdom on this earth? The Bible just said it. It's going to be real. It's going to be physical. It's going to have a real king sitting there named Jesus Christ sitting on a throne. So these people try to take these verses and say, oh, that's talking about Christianity. But you notice, it can't be talking about Jesus Christ's first advent. When did that stone come? That stone didn't come when the iron was first turning into, for iron was first coming in at the legs. The stone didn't hit the legs, did it? The first Roman Empire, when did that stone hit? It hit the toes. That's the ten federated kingdom of the Antichrist. It's going to come in and hit those toes. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Guys, you got it all right there. That was written 2,600 years ago. Amen. And you've seen it come to pass right before your very eyes. Amen. Daniel the interpreter. 
is giving you the interpretation through God. And I'm here to tell you, look at the end of verse 45 in closing. And he says, and the dream is certain. And the interpretation thereof is sure. At this time, Babylon was the only kingdom. It was the greatest kingdom the world's ever known. You know what happened? Exactly what Daniel said would happen. The Medes and the Persians came in. You know what happened after the Medes and Persians came in? Alexander the Great came in with the Grecian Empire, just like he said it would happen. The Roman Empire comes in. You better be certain and sure that the Antichrist kingdom is coming. It's here. And just like I said, you better be certain and sure Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he comes back in Revelation 19, I'm going to be riding with him on that horse. Amen. I'm ready for him to come back. He's going to just, all these nations are going to gather against him in a battle army again. He's going to come in. He's going to start wiping them out. It says he's going to, the sword of the Spirit's going to come out. The Bible says in Isaiah that the, his lips, the breath of his lips, is going to slay men. He's going to come out and he's going to, that same man that was on the earth walking around saying, Be healed, and they were healed. He said, Come forth, and they came forth out of death. That same man's going to be on the horse. He's going to say, Die, die, die. And they're going to be just falling like flies all around him. It says the blood. Is going to be up to the horses, bridle as he comes in, swooping in, destroying all these men. For what reason? To get to Jerusalem to become King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I can't wait. And we're not going to have peace. We're not going to have happiness. The world's not going to know nothing until that King comes sits on that throne. I don't have the time to preach on the Millennial Kingdom, but y'all know if y'all been in here, y'all heard me preach on the Millennial Kingdom. It's a time of peace. It's a time where the trees start singing and clapping their hands. It's a time where the lion's laying down with the lamb. It's a time where it says the little kid's leading around a bear, leading around a lion by a leash. It's a time where there's peace like you've never known. It's a time where a little baby's playing on a rattlesnake's den and nobody really cares. The little baby's okay. It's a time that you can't even imagine. And it's only going to take place when that Antichrist and Satan is cut off and put down into hell and Jesus Christ takes his rightful place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Our Lord and Savior came first as a lamb that died on a cross. He only came once like that. The next time he comes, the Bible says in Zechariah, as a lion roaring out of Jerusalem, the Lord, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hey, this is Keegan Hall, the pastor of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Uh, we're just trying to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in every way we can, and we hope we were a blessing to you. Now, if you're listening you're not saved, we want you to be saved. That's our deepest prayer. We're doing all this so people can get the gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that he died for your sin. And if you're willing to admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, if you go to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to save you, he'll come in and save you. Now, honestly, I can tell you, when I've done that, Jesus Christ was the best thing ever happened to me. And if you'd like to contact us, you can contact us through the web at IndianGapBaptist.com. It has all our information, how to get to our church. That's IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.